Hey, yo. This is Rob. Just call me Father Mahoney. Checking in with you. And you are listening to the Banana Laser. Out. Holy shit. Welcome, Laser Nation, to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast. The podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of sexy hosts, Alex Edwards. Are you fucking with me? Dave Z. Hey, yo. I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. Now. What's up, Laser Nation, and welcome to episode 44 of Banana Laser. 44. I wonder if that means something. My name is Matt. Wazell, if you're nasty, and with me, as always, is Dave Z. What the fuck is up, Dave Z? Yeah, fuck you, too. We well, didn't call me a shitter. No, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to do my best impression of, uh, you know, McCready at the end of the thing. Pretty good. And also, he's still here, Mr. Alex Edwards. Torch him. <laughs> Is that your favorite line from the movie? <laughs> That's all I could think of. I, I was actually going to uh, be a day late and a dollar short and say shitter, but you mentioned it already. <laughs> Save it for next show. Nobody you took shit. my joke. Again. Yeah, it'll it'll just got... get him boned. Yeah, well, he has a bone head, so perfect. <laughs> Yeah, Lasers, welcome to the show. Uh, This is our part three in our John Carpenter's retrospective. Uh, This time our feature is The Thing. Hello. But that's not all that's going to be on the show. We also got an exclusive, exclusive one-of-a-kind interview with the man, John Carpenter himself. Can you fucking believe it? I mean... Get out of here. Yes! Yeah. You got it? I thought He's going to call in later. Yeah. I thought you were kidding about that. No, no. This is totally real. I've been... Uh, oh, Mike t- got it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to take a Xanax. Oh, Mike got it. I knew, just ever, I knew once Mike came back into the fold, all the interviews just start rolling mm-hmm. back in. Yep. That's he true. made the connections. I've been talking to, <sighs> I, uh, I guess, somebody that works for him through emails and stuff like that. So he's going to be calling in later. So I just can't believe we got him. It's amazing. You told him... We're doing a retrospective. Dude, how many listeners did you tell them that we had? Uh, Times it by 100. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> a million? <laughs> you told them a million people listen to this? Yeah, of course. How else was I going to get them on here? Holy fuck. Hey. At least I didn't call him Crappender, so. Well, let's get to it. <laughs> well, you better get to it fast before he finds out we're bullshitting him. Or you yeah, are, what if he think? goes back and listens? He goes, well, let me hear what they said about my first two. And they hear, this is a John Crappender retrospective. I ain't gonna listen to that. Come on. <laughs> oh my god. You don't got time for that. That's yeah, true. he's too busy. I mean, being in the hospital, <laughs> not directing films, smoking, you know, all those things take up a lot of time. Drinking. Yeah. So Yeah, exactly. Alright guys, so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back to talk about Eli Roth's clown. There's no clown coming. I thought you had a backup. Daddy, where's the clown? He's supposed to be here. Listen, everything's going to be fine. Where did you find this thing? I think this wig is stuck. You don't understand. I physically cannot get it off. 
It's suffocating me. Did you dye your hair? It's a wig. No, it's not. Honey, oh, Jack, sweetie, let's get you to bed, all right, honey? I hope dyes call forever. Daddy, is that you? What are you doing down there, Daddy? Lured children out of the villages into its care. One child for every month. A winter. All right, Lasers, we're back, and we saw a new-ish movie. It got released in the UK, but has yet to be released here in the US. We saw the E.Y. Roth-produced Clown. Hey guys, Future Matt here, just giving you a heads up. This discussion is completely spoiler-free, but if you don't want to hear anything at all, check the show notes, go to the timestamp, and you know, go straight to our John Carpenter interview. <laughs> Dave Z, I know, has been clamoring uh, for some kind of Eli Roth feature. And is this it? Well, <laughs> this isn't an Eli Roth feature. I'm clamoring sure? for him to do something besides fucking produce something. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I don't even know who the who was the guy. John Cross or some shit? What's his name? Yeah, who knows? I, I think the story behind it is these guys made a, a fake trailer to get buzz behind the movie. And Eli Roth is one of the guys who can produce shit and saw it and thought it was a great idea and uh, gave him the bump. Yep, John, John Watts, that's his name. Mr. He, John he's a real Watson. <laughs> he's a what? He's a real director, you know. This is oh, okay. the first movie or something. Gotcha. You know? Well, okay. So anyways, we saw this movie and uh, it, it's a clown movie. It's called Clown, but the basic premise is a guy finds a clown outfit uh, because for his son's birthday party, the clown canceled, so he fills in. Well, later that day, turns out he cannot get the the uniform or the the wig or any of that shit off. And eventually, this costume slowly takes him over, and he grows into a, a strange demon, I guess, so to speak. So that's the basic premise. But um, I'll shoot it over to you guys. What did you guys think of this movie? Alex, you should probably go first, because I already know how you feel about it. So, yeah, go ahead. It uh, stinks. <laughs> well, I was I was probably the biggest hey, anticipator hey. of this movie, because even though Dave wants Eli Roth, I really didn't give a shit about that. I just wanted this movie. Just because it's about a clown? Yeah. No, I saw the trailer and fell in oh. love, and I thought it was right. amazing, the, the whole concept. But for the actual movie... I'm going to say that I'm sitting here a very uh, empty person. <laughs> I was left feeling empty. I think they chose the wrong tone and the wrong pacing for this movie. It's just they're completely both wrong. The pacing, you know, you look back on it and you say, well, you think about the first, second, and third act, and you, you think of what took place, and yes, it did move along. I mean, you can't say that nothing happened. I mean, although the second act is just really slow, but then you get to parts like you think about it and it doesn't feel like what happened. Then you like actually really think and things did happen. But it's just I guess it, it the pacing, it's it's almost like a slow burn for a, a slasher clown movie, which 
it sort of barely was, and I just didn't like the kills. I didn't like the the feeling of the movie at all. It just wasn't what it was supposed to be. I think it's just wrong. It was just it just wasn't done right. If that make it was done well, but it wasn't right. So for that reason, it's just I don't want to watch it anymore because like I don't think I'll watch it again. I I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I thought, like you said, the concept is a great idea, and that trailer sucked me in big time. But I never felt like the story lagged, um, and I felt like it was exciting exciting all the way through. Um, The idea behind, usually these kind of movies is, like you said, it's a slasher, and that's it. It's a guy with makeup on, and he's killing people or raping boys or something. But in this one, (laughs) yeah. It was actually. I uh, saw those movies, Matt. Where do you get those? Uh, uh, my dad's basement, mostly. <laughs> mostly. Mostly come out at night. So, I, I really like the idea of this guy turning into the villain. Like he's a reluctant villain, you know, and he gets overtaken by this thing. I thought that whole dynamic worked really well, and the transformation physically of him throughout the movie was great i thought he looked awesome mm-hmm. and and the child killings i mean come on yes i thought that shit was awesome i don't see how you didn't like that stuff i mean they were good individually but they didn't really show anything if i recall like even the kid that got killed in his house i don't really remember what happened they showed the aftermath of the yeah, child, that one. kid in yeah. the house they showed the, the kid laying on the ground and his head was fucking gone and blood everywhere and it initially like- you just saw like blood flying on the TV and you, and you weren't quite sure what it was but then you saw right. the aftermath and saw that he basically fucking ripped his head off or, or did something we're at the level where we're willing to kill kids but we're still not willing to show it so what's they did show I mean that one we saw the aftermath the other one we saw was actually kind of, it was quite clever when that pain in the ass kids bugging him at the hotel and the way that goes down and when he slips off the chair the way they set that up was great you didn't know if it was someone else at the door anyway I won't spoil it but um, this and that happens, and then when you see the kid, you know one of those shots that you see sometimes in movies, you're not sure for a second, it pans over slow, and then there's the saw blade, and then, boom, mm-hmm. kid collapsed. I thought that was cool, and how about the fucking, when they're at the Chuck E. Cheese, that situation with the fucking shit coming down and slide, all that fucking blood um, in the, fucking, the arm, that was it's sort of cool. It's sort of off screen again, though, like, don't Agreed. you understand the <laughs> They're all off screen. I mean, look, that's fine. Whatever. That's the uh, that's why they did their art. But that was cool. Yeah, I don't know. Dude, like I'm telling you, when you think of the highlights of every act, it seems fine. But I don't know what it is about what's in between the highlights. And I, I don't know. Maybe it's the dark, the dankness of the movie, the tone of it. I don't know what it is, but it's something's not right. Yeah, because you love that stuff. Stitches or Stitcher, whatever it's called. Stitches. <laughs> Stitcher, yeah. And that is very lighthearted and fun. And this movie is much darker than that, so maybe it's just that. It's darker, but I like dark, but I don't know. It's not an enjoyable dark. See, I, I love mean, to that me, tone. to me, I mean. Yeah. I thought it fit in perfectly. It's kind of a, a, a one-of-a-kind clown movie where it was different. Where See, the thing is, I, w- I was not expecting a lot. And then I heard you and Jason say you didn't like it, so then I really wasn't expecting a lot. Then I went into it not expecting to like it even more. So, And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, hmm, 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 look at this, not bad. And I was really, uh, 
it seemed like an 80s movie type of plot, and you know I like that. And it just, the first half was him with the body horror, which to me always gets to me. That's Yeah, that shit was great. Right. Yeah, yeah, him not being able to get the suit off and just the, yeah, that the fear from that. I just loved all, all of that stuff. Yeah, it's great. Oh, man, and, and just the shit that was going on with the nose and the fucking the, the slicing of his wrist and when he's trying to get the thing, he's got the <laughs> handsaw and it breaks off. Dude. He's spitting out fucking teeth throughout the movie. It's just, that stuff fucks with me. Uh, that's, uh, I don't, body horror actually speaks to me on that level. It, it does what it's supposed to do. I guess it doesn't work on everybody. Cronenberg. Burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does speak to me, though. It's like a, a fear of mine getting sick and having fucking limbs fall off. Shit, like, it's just one of those things, so... I really dig it, and I like that they had the balls to kill kids. And not just kids, a dog. They fucking kill four, four kids and a dog. Nobody has the balls to do that shit. Granted, I do. kids kills. <laughs> dog <laughs> hater. We weren't on fucking camera, exactly, but they never really are. I mean, if you're going to do it, you know, you, I guess you probably can't even do it. You have to do it a certain way. But at least they went out and did it. And when you did see adults get killed... It was good, and there was good fucking gore. Like, any time um, an adult got killed or, or even injured, I thought it was cool. I thought and the I, effects were great. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were really good. Gore and blood, really. I mean... Man, you guys are right. Maybe I I was on the wrong shit when I watched this. Maybe I should watch it again. I Robitussin. Robitussin. <laughs> nice. I've watched it twice now because I watched it once the first time, and then I wanted to watch it again for a refresher for, for today's show. So... Um, it was really good. I, I, I really liked the pace of it. And, you know, it, there was just, there, it wasn't humor, like normal humor. There was some things that made me laugh. Like when he comes home and he's bugging the fuck out and he's saying all this shit. Like, this guy just tried to kill me. But, but, but this and that, I can't get this up. <laughs> we got to go to the house. We got to do this. And he's flipping out and he doesn't realize that his father-in-law and fucking mm, brother-in-law oh, yeah. <laughs> and the father-in-law just looks at him and he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> to me that's just my humor and then when he's driving the guy and he, he said to him he's like you're going to jail man you know that you are going to jail he tells him <laughs> <laughs> just shit like that <laughs> and uh, I, I really like the concept and the folklore of the whole clown thing it was really cool it was, it was set up like movies from the 80s and it's just I don't know I, I really liked it I liked it too I liked the yeah I liked the whole idea that uh, this clown is a demon and yes. you know, wants to kill children. You know, it's kind of like uh, what was that movie, Sinister? It's kind of like that, I guess. Um, a demon that wants to, wants children. <laughs> um, oh, here you go, Alex. Um, so our friend, the horror nerd, <clears throat> j- just saw this movie as well, and she has a glowing review. Every one of you fuckers, go watch Eli Roth's clown. Now it was amazing. Fifty stars. LOL. So damn good. Go go go. So if that, All right, I'm vindicated. <laughs> Doesn't suck. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> Knew I was it's right. not fucking Eli Roth's clown. He was one of seven producers. You may as well say it was fucking Cosmic Creeper's clown. Oh, he would love that. Fuck yeah. He probably oh, loves hey, this I wonder movie. what he thinks about this. Yeah. That's why I said that. You know? Let's get on the phone. <laughs> Cosmic Creepers here. <laughs> Hi guys, this is Cosmic Creepers. I watched Cloud, and guess what? I thought I loved it. Yeah, baby, it's better than Stitcher. See you later, guys. Ah, I'm so glad. So glad we called him. That was great. All right, was cool. Fun. Well, he, okay. 
glowing endorsement from Creepers. Um, so <clears throat> overall, I I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I never thought it was dull. I even got sh- you know shocked a- at a couple points. Um, one of the points Dave was referring to in the motel, and then later on the movie at Chuck E. Cheese. So, and I thought the ending was very solid and satisfying. So, <clears throat> I really liked it. It's not a perfect movie, but if I were rating this, I would say it's four out of five, and I'd say peel it back. I recommend it for all the Laser Nation. I agree with all of that. I, I like I like the progression of the clown. It starts off slow, and he doesn't realize he's a clown at first. Like he forgets the next morning. He's like, "Oh, I forgot." He shows up to that realty meeting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like, "Why are you wearing clown makeup?" And he totally just forgot because it's already taking him over so it's like a possession tale and you see him start one way by the end of the movie he is well he not almost he is definitely unrecognizable as to how he started did you guys know by the way that that's eli roth playing that fucking role what eli roth plays the part of frowny the clown all i can think of is that has to be him because it's not dumbo the clown or the fuck he called himself and did you see how he looked at the end of the movie he was much thinner mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything else, all I can think is he's like top three build for actors in huh. this movie. So Squeeze he plays me? that baking powder. You're saying Eli Roth was what? Frowny the clown. Who That's what he's credited as. Yep. So my guess is that he's the one playing the fucking clown towards the end of the movie when he goes full. Oh, when he gets side. bad. Oh. Yeah, that, I'm guessing. I don't know, but what other clown was in the movie? You know what I'm saying? So, and he's like top three build. He's like number one on IMDb. And, like, number three on, like, another site that I looked at. So it must have been a significant role. Unless this asshole is doing the same thing he does with the fucking movie and they call it Eli Ross Clown just because. <laughs> He's not even in it. He's like, hey, hey, give me an actor's credit. <laughs> yes, yeah, thanks. and I want to be, yeah, right. <laughs> just so guys like us can think that he's fucking playing that clown. Mm, yeah, um, I anyway. think I did some gaffing. So give me a gaffer's <laughs> credit. Uh, best boy, all that shit. Yeah, put oh. me in there. But I like the characters. I'm cool with the mother. I, I, I sympathize with the clown, the father. And even the kid wasn't annoying, and he was cool, and he got it. Thank you know, God. He had his own situations, and he dealt with them, and you felt for him. And then at the end, for once, the kid realized, and she's like, don't you want to save Daddy or something? And the kid says, that's not Daddy. So he is actually smart enough. to. And he even says something about the clown's nose with the fucking dog. From the mouths yeah. of babes, he figures out what's going on with the dog. So anyway, I'm... I say four to five as well. And peel it back, lasers. Yep, peel it back. Peel it back. If you can find it, this movie is not out yet. So, and we searched and searched and can't find a release date, so good luck. But uh... yeah. Alex, what do you think now? I mean, coming into it, what would you have rated it? You're not going to change because of what oh, we said. Oh, four to five? You would have said four anyway? Yeah, because I'm not going to be the only one who didn't like it. <laughs> well... <laughs> Since when has that ever fucking affected Alex? Now I care, because all we do is disagree, David. I'm going to try to stop that tonight. Whatever wow. you say, buddy, I'm going to say you're right. Really? Mm-hmm. Dave, say something crazy. I love Rob Mahoney. I already do, so that actually works out. <laughs> the best I can come up with. Up with Mahoney. Up, up with Mahoney. <laughs> all right, cool. So that's uh, Eli Ross clown. I'll stop saying that someday. But uh, we'll be right back, because any second now, John Carpenter himself is going to call into the Laser Lounge. Can't fucking wait.
Well, let's bring in uh, the man of the hour here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my great pleasure to introduce Mr. John Carpenter. All right, Lasers, we're back, and we're just waiting for the phone call from the man himself, John Carpenter. God damn! This is fucking exciting, guys. I'm kind of nervous. I hope we don't screw this interview up. It's kind of a big deal. We'll be fine. Don't worry about it. We'll just talk to him about... We'll talk to him like he's fucking one of us, you know? Don't think about how he's a legendary director with more talent in the, the tip of his cock than the three of us collectively, but hey. Yeah, and nobody bring up Ghosts of Mars. But I do want to know if you really did have a three-way with Jamie Lee Curtis and Tom Atkins. Shut up. Hold on. That's him. He's calling in. Okay. Okay. Okay, Matt. Better not fuck this up. You can do this. You're a beautiful bird. You can do this. Answer the phone! All right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Bill? Uh, I mean, hello, Mr. Carpenter. This is Matt from Banana Laser. Um, I- I'm joined by the other hosts, Dave and Alex. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us today. My pleasure. What I gotta ask, Banana Laser, what kind of name is that? Oh, that, yeah. Well, it's just an inside joke between me and my dad. Yeah, deep inside. Uh, so, wow. The legend John Carpenter. You are a cinema icon. You made so many classic genre films. Escape from L.A., Vampires, Memoirs of the Invisible Man, so many others. If you had to choose, what would be your favorite film out of your entire body of work? Well, uh, Halloween 2. Wait a minute, Halloween 2? I didn't think you directed that. Did I say two? I meant three. What? Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, let's switch gears a little here. Um, something I've always wanted to ask. What does Jamie Lee Curtis's pussy taste like? No, 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 no. I have a better question. What does Dan Chalice's dick smell like? Well, I did have a threesome with those two on the set of The Fog, but I never smelled his dick. I can say that Jamie's push tastes like uh, a number three from Jimmy John's. Really? What's a number three? Tuna! Uh, wow. Uh, jeez, Mr. Carpenter, uh, thanks for being so open about all this. Um, so, Jimmy John's. You like Jimmy John's? We know someone who works there. Maybe you know him. Uh, Rob Mahoney? Oh, yeah. I, I see him all the time. He's hysterical. I tell you, I'm not gay. But he is the only guy I take a load from. Wow, that's crazy that you know him. Excuse me, Mr. Carpenter, but we need to sidebar for just a second. Can we put you on hold? Okay, I'll just finish my sub. Take your time. What's up, Dave? Guys, I don't think this, this is fucking John Carpenter. All this talk about Jimmy Johns and knowing Mahoney... It's it's kind of strange, don't you think? I think he is fucking Mahoney. No way. He knew what Jamie Lee's cooter tastes like. I think he's right, Matt. I mean, he didn't even know that he didn't direct Halloween 2 or 3. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. All right, all right. Okay, I got it. Take him off hold. Uh, sorry about that, Mr. Carpenter. Um, So, to continue, I, I got a joke for you. A wheelchair-bound man rolls into a bar. He asks the bartender for a whiskey straight up. The bartender looks at his wheelchair, then back to the man. 
then back to his wheelchair, and he says, God damn it, fuckers! It's goddamn demandment number five! The, the handy capable are off limits for you assholes to make fun of! Mahoney, Mahoney, Mahoney. You can't get one over on us, man. Now hurry up and get into the lounge. The fucking toilet's not gonna unclog itself. human. If you were all these things, then you'd just attack me right now. So some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to. But it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. There's a storm hitting us in six hours. We're going to find out who's who. All right, Lasers, we're back with our feature presentation. John Carpenter's The Thing is the perfect movie for winter. I know it's either the end of winter or the beginning of spring, whenever you're listening to this. The Thing from 1982. Quick synopsis, scientists in the Antarctic are confronted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of the people that it kills. This movie stars Kurt Russell as McCready, Wilford Brimley as Dr. Blair, Keith David as Childs, and a bunch of other people that you don't know their name, but they're in this movie. So, uh, we all know that John Carpenter has a love for the 50s version of this movie because he put it in his movie Halloween, his very first movie. And that movie itself, which I guess maybe this movie, is based off a short story called Who Goes There? And they're all kind of similar yet different. I am unaware of that story, so I don't know if this particular film follows more closely to the short story or the 50s movie, which I haven't seen either. Have you guys read the short story or anything like that? I haven't, and I haven't seen the movie. Have you? Nope, nope. nope I've nope seen some you? clips. I've seen some clips. It looks boring. I've been told it was slow. I'm going to watch it because I guess there's a game you could play with a door opening and closing or some shit. Do what now? There's a game you could play with the original movie every time. I guess they're opening doors throughout the whole movie, so every time a door, open, door opens, take a shot or something like that. Something oh, like that. And interesting. you die yeah. of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> so many yeah. doors are walked through. It's crazy. That's, I guess, is some. But apparently this story is closer to the Who Goes There um, novella or short story or whatever it was than, than it was the original thing from Outer Space. We've all already been on record, I believe, as saying that we either really like this film or love it. So I'm glad today that we get to discuss it in a longer format cause, and, and just pick it apart like assholes. You know, that's usually <laughs> what we do on this show. But let's talk about the cast a little bit before we get into the movie. Uh, I've already said a few of their names and the rest of the guys, most of us don't know, but we recognize them. And I thought that really worked well for this movie because even though you don't know every single character's name and there's a lot of them, every guy is so specific in this movie and is a character actor already that 
you connect with them that way. Not even every character has like a character trait that you connect with. It's just them. And the reason I bring this up is because I also recently watched the Thing prequel or reboot or whatever you want to call it, where it's basically the same story with the Norwegian camp. And they do the same thing with a large cast of characters, but it just doesn't do the same thing. You have no idea, no recognizability with any of the characters like that. So I don't know necessarily how it works in this movie, but it works quite well with all the characters. They're relatable. Every one of them is very relatable, and it's they're so believable. Especially the guy that smokes weed! <laughs> woo Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> It's very believable, and I, and I was watching the documentary, and they were saying that it really became that way because they were all out there for a while, and they were doing this for a while. I mean, Carpenter said that it was uh, the longest prep he ever did. It was over a year since he fucking started it and finished the movie, which is, by today's standards, pretty, today's standard, that's pretty absurd. So these guys were out there for a while when they were in British Columbia filming, and then they were in L.A. doing their stuff, you know, for sets, but... They were together a lot, just the 12 men, the actors, and the and, and the crew. So, yeah, it's it's very believable to me. But where's just... the chicks, man? There's no chicks! Yeah. Hey, you got a voice on the computer. Your move, King to Rook 1. My move, Rook to Knight 6. Checkmate. Checkmate. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah, you know who that voice is? Vanna White. Vanna oh, White? Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> no, good guess, Yeah, she though. was saying, hey, everybody, please go home and confine your activities to your own home. <laughs> please go to bed now, everybody. No, it's uh, it's not Silver Shamrock, girl. No, it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually Adrian Barbeau, once again. Holy huh. shit. Now, uh, Dave, were they still together? Uh, is that why oh. she's in this movie? Because they were still married? I would say um, maybe. I mean, I don't know how long their marriage their marriage lasted, but it's only Dave, a couple years. Were they knocking the boots? Yes or no? Well, maybe he's. Poking. I don't know. Oh, okay. Maybe he is. Maybe he's porking her too, like that. Maybe he rat in her face. <laughs> maybe he spilled his goo on her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I come. <laughs> I had to shoes. <laughs> Got a foot fetish. Okay, ten million dollars. That's what it took to make this movie, and Halloween was only three hundred seventy-five thousand. Well, it shows because <laughs> yeah. if there's one thing to discuss in this movie, it's the the quality of the effects. I mean, I think that's the one thing that absolutely everybody raves about, and we could just get that out of the way in the beginning because they're amazing. I mean, even to today's standards. They look spectacular. And this kind of creature, quote-unquote, is something unlike any other filmed monster in that we've seen monsters that transition, whether it be the Wolfman or the fucking uh, T-1000 or whatever. But this thing, uh, doing what it does and a sort of, uh, I don't know, using all different parts that it knows to create a beast is and every, different every single time is just amazing it's just fun fun shit incredible rob botine is fucking just dude was dude was 22 years old when he fucking made this movie and really? got his job hmm. yeah 22 and he, they gave him a fucking staff of 40 
and the dude worked his fucking ass off. And it's anyone in the world that says that fucking CGI is better than than practical effects, just go back and watch this movie because it's just it's ridiculous. Go back and watch the prequel because that's a clear cut case where the effects just aren't as good. Now I'm a I'm a defender of the prequel. I actually enjoy it, but. Uh, that, but that's only because I like to return to this John Carpenter world. It's obviously a lesser film. But when you compare the effects, it just isn't the same. There's a disconnect, definitely. Oh, that, that's a good idea. Watch the prequel and then watch this just because of the you know, the continuity, but also to compare. You're right, because this you know the CG was one of the things that turned some people off to it. So, But this, I mean, just think about what they're using. They're using fucking... Back in those days, I mean, they're using fucking rubber and, and wax, and he was talking about using jello and shit and, and plastic. Shit? Yeah, shit. Everything but shit, pretty much. <laughs> you know? But they used, like, gum, glue, KY jelly. Yep, KY jelly. <laughs> Whenever it. Wilford Brimley has his two hands deep inside one of the dead, quote-unquote, things, and it's just... Uh. It's... <laughs> Just so gooey. I love it. That part is so cool with the fucking when he is taking that not I'm not even that part. The second part when they when they bring back the, the um, after they torch the dogs and they're 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 peeling the fucking the skin back and you see like the skull fragments underneath. That is so fucking realistic looking. It's crazy. It's yeah. just And Wolfer Brimley is making like a hoo kind of noise when he's doing I fucking died laughing this time watching it. It was like, yeah, throw up, old man. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Dave, they use, they use KY jelly. How long were they out there in the uh, Arctic? <laughs> it got to that point? <laughs> well, apparently, one of the guys was talking in the documentary. He goes, he goes, I didn't know that you could buy KY jelly in five-gallon buckets. And he goes, I went to this place, and there was fucking gallons of KY jelly, five-gallon buckets all over the place. <laughs> so, who knows what they were up to? There was no women there. Yeah. Exactly. That's where, I'm, that's where I'm going with this. I know you are. And I'm, I'm agreeing. Who knows what, what, what really went down? Yeah, or who went down for that man? If there was a woman there, that up? bitch was getting raped. Well, there was a woman there for a short time, but she had to leave. And she was pregnant. And her so... name was Adrian Barbeau. <laughs> <laughs> and her name yeah, was... we, always, we say her in every other fucking review of John Carpenter. Might as well just add her in here. Stevie <laughs> Wayne! <laughs> KDXK! She was Antonio Bay. Bay. Antonio Bay. You're listening. She was... <laughs> KDXK. You're listening to Katie She was Amanda Kruger. That's who she was. And she bore the bastard son of Freddy Krueger's. Oh, really? That's why she had to leave the set because she was getting ready to birth a demon? Yeah. It it was John John Kruger's wife. Johnny Krug's wife. I mean, (laughs) mom. (laughs) Mom, I could buy that. Yeah, why not? That goes with the timeline. But yeah, I mean, you can't compare. I mean, what an amazing fucking. And he, he did so much. He they had to hospitalize him at one at one point for exhaustion, fucking Brad Boutine. And then, who did they bring in to replace him in the short time he was gone? Fucking Stan Winston. Yeah, so Stan Winston is for the most part responsible for a lot of the stuff in, in the uh, the kennel in the beginning when the first time we see the thing do anything. The dog transformation. 
Yeah, the, a lot of the ideas came from um, Oteen, but oh, when you actually seen the dogs laying down and part, and it, it was a lot of it was done with puppetry even. So, but it was really cool because Botine was talking about. It. He was saying it was if you look really quick, it just looks like a, that, that one part which is amazing with the fucking dogs and the thing opens up and the this thing comes out it looks like it's a flower. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's I not, love that. Yeah. He goes, it's not a flower. He goes, if you slow it down, he goes, all the things that are in the in in the so called in, in the so called petals are actually dog tongues and fucking dog teeth. What? That's yeah. crazy. That sounds awesome. I gotta yeah. watch this again. Right, it's too bad that it happened so quickly because he wanted, you know, he he, he thought to go into detail with it and, and do that to say that it's, you know, from the dogs, but it happened so quick you don't even really get to see it. He played the lead fucking dude in The Fog, and that's when he first met John Carpenter. Oh, that's um, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we probably talked about it on this show. Yeah, we did. Okay, so he played there. But... With the main ghost, Bradley or whatever? Yeah, whatever his name was, right. What mm-hmm. the fuck was his name? Sword Swallower? I forget. Back to uh, the thing, the um, the movie and the effects. That one sh- scene took fucking 10 hours to fucking film the stomach thing. When when the, the clamp down on the fucking arms and all the shit comes out of the fucking guy's stomach. Uh, when Norris goes down, mm-hmm. that whole situation. 10 hours. <laughs> and they fucked up the first time. I had to start doing it again. So. <laughs> Really? Wow. Yeah, I guess the first time it all squirted out like a fucking Las Vegas fountain, and then they had to recut it, and they had to fucking, the guy had to get up again and do it. It was late in the day, and they had to finish it that day, and that just goes to show you what went in to the makeup department, and you know, it's no wonder why Botine got exhausted at one point. Well, what we got here is what appears to be, anyway, a normal set of internal organs. Heart, lungs, kidneys, liver. Intestines seem to be normal. All right, so the film opens up. Uh, you see the cold landscape. Uh, the score comes in, and let's talk about that because the score is not done by John Carpenter. Surprisingly, it's done by someone else, Morricone, uh, which is ridiculous that it's him. Why is it ridiculous? Because it's as if it was John Carpenter's score. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's crazy, right? It's like he was over his shoulder saying, no, mm-mm, do it like this. <laughs> Which is hard to believe because of this. Because of Morricone. He's done over 500 fucking scores. He's done shitloads. He's done a lot of spaghetti westerns. He's done fucking famous movies. He's done so many movies as Morricone. But maybe it sounds like, like Carpenter because it was the first time he played around with synth. And hmm. it may have been the equipment that you know Carpenter was used to working with. Maybe he said, "Okay, here, play this here. I'll, I'll supply you with the fucking what to play with." Maybe I don't know, but yeah, it's almost as if he's mimicking Carpenter. And not just that; it's like the score. I mean, it's it's not like um, crazy melodic or like a hero moment or anything like that. But it's very pulsating, and it, you know, like most of Carpenter's scores are. It's very rhythmic as opposed to melodic. And do you know who was originally supposed to be the fucking guy that did the score of this movie? Dave Boutin. Oh, wait, what's his name, Dave? Dave Boutin. <laughs> what do I say? Rob Boutin. No, Rob Boutin. Not, his, not his brother Dave. No, Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, he did, uh, uh, did he do so, Back to the Future? No, that was so many Silver, Silverstein. Never mind. Uh, that you know, he did Gremlins, he did Poltergeist, he did The Twilight Zone. He's fucking done tons, and he has a signature sound. And it, to me, having Jerry Goldsmith score this movie... It, it it wouldn't have fit in at all, but he passed away, and then 
he got Morricone. And the only Morricone that you may know for for sure that you've seen that I could say would be the the, the early Argento slashers or Jallos of all things. Hmm. Or with the Crystal Plumage and those movies. He scored those. Oh shit, awesome. But isn't it but I agree. It's it's as if John Carpenter did it and he just had fucking and, and he you know, ghost scored it. But why would Morricone do that? It's strange, yeah, and it's like he didn't want to take on another aspect of making this film. It's like he had his hands full, but yet the product that came out sounds so much like Carpenter. It's just an odd thing, but ultimately the score works perfectly. I wouldn't change a single note, so. Well, once again, outside of the score, we have our our team together. We have Carpenter, Deborah Hill, and fucking Dean Cundy again, so. Oh, are we getting ready to go down a rabbit hole? Oh, you know what? I didn't do it for this one. I did everything else, but I did so much research, but honestly, nothing came up. It's like what Alex said about what's her name? Adrian Barbeau. That's about as far as we can go. So wait a minute. Barbeau and Hill were both here in in a matter of speaking. Who was John fucking? That's what we should have asked him. Kurt Russell. (laughs) Speaking of Kurt Russell... He wasn't even supposed to have the part. He was friends with Carpenter because of the obvious, because they just finished Escape from New York. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Don't tell me. It was supposed to be Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yes! <laughs> like, they look the same. What? And they should have had, they should have had, Kurt, well, the, the hair, the brown hair. They should have had Kurt Russell be the guy in the other movie. They would. Oh, yeah. yes. It would have been live. better than Piper. This is true, except for the fight scenes. But yeah, yeah I agree. That would have been something. Yeah. But no, Nick Nolte. Jeff Bridges and fucking Clint Eastwood were all people considered for that role. What about Clint Gary Eastwood? Oh. Gary Busey? <laughs> <laughs> or Todd Bridges. Forget about Jeff Bridges. Imagine him in that role. You see, what we're talking about here is an organism that imitates other life forms, and it imitates them perfectly. When this thing attacked our dogs, it tried to digest them, absorb them, and in the process, shape its own cells to imitate them. This, for instance. That's not dog. It's imitation. We got to it before it had time to finish. Finish what? Finish imitating these dogs. Okay, I have some questions. Everybody knows this movie, the thing, what it's about. It's an alien that they found in the ice. It's basically like a a predatory alien. It's kind of like, I guess, the aliens from Alien. It's just like a... It's an intelligent being, and it's it kills to survive. And the way... And it assimilates... By replicating any living organism, but my, I have I have some questions, and I I hope it's not too nitpicky. But like, what is what is there a thing? Is there like a humanoid thing or a creature that you can point at and say this is the definite version of the thing? This is what the, it looks like normally before copied. Yes. Well, we, we won't know. Because it crash landed into the fucking into the Antarctic, and it came from another world, and then froze for a okay. hundred thousand years underground. So initially, yes, it was an alien from another world, crash landed there, froze. Then the fucking 
the Norwegians blew it up, woke up and fucking started doing its thing. It has the power to take over an entire planet, obviously, because it, it could just take everything over and replicate itself over and over again. Um, if Okay, so if, an, if the alien is smart enough to build this spacecraft and fly great distances across the universe, I'm, I'm just trying to envision what its home planet is like. You know, it's like, why would they have the ability to do what it does if they're, if it's a planet of this one race? So they could colonize other places. Hmm. And own everything. Yeah. Because yeah. Right. Uh, just like the world is, you know, like there's traffic everywhere you go. If these people, if you could send them in a rocket ship and put them on another planet, the world would be a better place if you got rid of half the amount of people. So with these things, if you... There's just two. It's overpopulation. Maybe their planet is smaller, and they have to colonize on other planets. Well, the okay. So the overpopulation thing stirs something in me because the, the way this thing operates is if like one single cell gets into your system, it will eventually take you over, and it essentially will will multiply. Does that make sense? Like, let's say if you're fighting with the creature and some of its blood gets inside of you, eventually that it might take some time, but eventually cell by cell, it will overtake you. Right. And you will be one of them. Sure. Okay. So now do, let's say if that happened, do you, whatever is remaining after it totally transforms, is there any thing of the human left like any sort of consciousness in there like what i mean is could you be the thing and not know it um until you're fully taken over yes because that's what's happening with norris in this movie which one's that norris is the guy the heavy set guy that fucking the um, guy who has the heart attack yes the one who smashed everything no 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 that's blair that was wilford brimley it's the doctor right it's blair but the other guy he, um, because remember, you know, he, he has the heart attack, dies, and then they bring him in the other room to resuscitate him. He was already on the way, and we kept seeing hints of it as it's going on. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's why he said, I don't think anybody can object to, um, remember when they, when they had the big fucking fight, and, and because they were fighting about the blood and all that, who got in there, mm-hmm. and they said, well, you don't want to have this guy in charge anymore. And then the first thing Gary says is, because he's one of the two guys suspected, he goes, Norris, he goes, I don't think anybody would object to you. And he says, uh, I, I don't really feel up to it. I think that is a hint. I think that he he had it inside of him and didn't know. He knew that he felt off. And then you saw you see that one scene later on when he's looking, when they're boarding things up, when he's like, he clenches his stomach for a second, mm-hmm. and then eventually he has a heart attack and that happens. So in that case, it was a slow takeover. For some reason, it wasn't like a complete takeover like we saw with the dogs, which was amazing with the, you know, the, the first they fire that white shit at him and then they wrap him up and then fucking, you know, spaghetti like tentacles and, and assimilate with it. And, you know, the dog, they put the dog in the kennel with all the other dogs. And this is the first like freak out that we see of special effects. And it's amazing. The dog's face splits open and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. You can't praise it enough. But my question is, it's nitpicky, but why does the thing expose itself at that point? It's not like corner. It seems like the thing only freaks out, like things out, or whatever you want to call it, whenever it's in peril or its life is at risk. 
but it's not freaking out. It's trying to multiply itself and to take over. So my oh. immediate theory is this. It does it because it's a dog. And as soon as it goes in that thing, the other dogs, because they have, you know, dog senses, they're growling at it and they're already suspicious. Now, the people aren't suspicious. The Norwegians, obviously, were they were fucking taking shots at them. But, you know, the people took right to the dog, especially the, the Clark, the fucking dog guy. So they take him in and, and he, you know, he's just biding his time. As soon as they put it in the kennel, the other dogs realize something's wrong. They start growling at it. You see that. So in that case, it's, it's, you know, it's on now. These dogs know that I'm not a fucking dog like them. I may as well fucking try to take them all on at once and hmm. do what I can do. Okay, so in order for the thing to multiply and take over other beings, it has to do a crazy transformation like that. That's what you're saying? It absorbs them. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't know what the hell's in there. It's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. It, it, it's funny how many times, and I've seen this movie a lot, how I never ask these questions. I'll tell you what. I'm answering questions, but I have questions of my own. Maybe you guys can help me with my questions. How about the scene with Doc and Gary, the two gentlemen, the only two gentlemen that had access to that blood? Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a big discrepancy leads to all this shit, yada, 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 yada. Everything fucking goes to hell. Here's what I want to know. Neither Doc nor Gary is ever exposed as a thing. So... How did that blood get destroyed? Anybody? Yeah, so, that, that's a good question. I don't have the answer for that. Damn it, Matt. Okay, well, here, check this out. Uh, we got an email from a laser, Jason Bazar. Could that be right? Bazar, B-A-Z-A-R. I just butchered your name. You're welcome. Anyways, he's a huge fan of this movie. He goes on and on about it. The email is huge. But you you brought up the uh, the key and the blood uh, thing and he's had something to say about it he said if you want a good example of a taut and frankly more complete writing in this film compared to all the other horror films out there watch the scene that explains just how the thing got those damn keys to the blood cabinet watch closely for the scene where you hear keys drop something it took me years for me to finally notice it leaves just enough unexplained to keep the debates going for decades. I love it. Wow. Do you know what he's talking about? Keys, no. If I thought keys dropped at any time, then I would have a whole other perspective on this. No, I don't know that. How did I mm -hmm. miss that? Well, I don't know. It's, it, and he even <laughs> says it's something it took him years to finally notice. So I don't even know what the what fuck the he's talking about. What were the odds that I was going to ask that question and that you just happened to get an email that had a fucking part of an answer? Man, pretty cosmic. Cosmic Creepers here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I How have a question. This? When the dog, you know, sprouts his face open and all that stuff, and then, you know, I guess it's the initial, you know, the first time they see anything, it seems like these two gigantic arms, like, reach up to the ceiling, hmm. and I thought they went into the ceiling and now they were running around the building, but that, I must have not uh, been observing that correctly. That does not happen, right? That's what happened, sure. Yeah, it, it gets away in that it scene. Pulled its, it, had, it had nowhere else to go. It was in a cage, and over here was the people, and it was gonna, it was losing the battle because the fire was, was, was doing damage. So it had nowhere else to go, so it just sprouted up two arms and fucking crawled up and then fucking out. It was so his only piece of escape at the time. That, so that escapee is the one that got everybody else infected. 
Well, well it's, yeah, or it yeah. could have happened before, too. But no, actually, it would have to be, except for the fact that because the dog was walking around before it was put in the kennel, anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. And I will add another piece of information here. There is that one part where the dog's walking around, walks into that room where you only see a person's shadow on the wall. Yeah. And you're not sure who it is. Here's the funny thing. John Carpenter put a random crew member there because he didn't want to put any of the actors in this film in there. So it would remain more ambiguous as to who that was. Wow, the same as Psycho. They had someone else stand in the shower in front of the shower curtain so you couldn't notice Anthony Perkins' shoulder width. Brilliant. This is a, the entire camp is all scientists, right? Or doctors or cooks or helicopter flyers. Right. Okay, that's my whole thing is, is, is what's McCree's job? It's, he's a, he's a head pilot? Chopper. Yeah, he's the head pilot. Okay, that clears that up. Okay, and then the other guy, he just smokes weed, right? <laughs> I think that's about it, yeah. Palmer? Yeah, Palmer, yeah. And then the cook, he's also on roller skates the whole time, like roller boy, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, not for, yeah, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, Palmer is um, he is also a pilot because they don't want him flying. Remember, at first he has that one f- line, which I think is funny, when he says, "Hey, uh, we got to go where the fucking uh, the, the Norwegians are," and then because he's been smoking weed, uh, the, the one guy turns him down. But he stands up and he goes, "Hey," he goes, "Come on, I'll go." He goes, "Come on, I'll take you." Then he goes, "No, I don't want to go with you." And then he goes, "Oh," he goes, "Hey, thanks for thinking about it, though." He tells him. And, <laughs> and, <laughs> They don't want him to fly because I guess he's, you know, at the, at the, at the time he's stoned out of his mind. Yeah, he's so already flying. He's a pilot. Right. Yeah. He lives in the fucking clouds. How much weed <laughs> do you think this guy brought to stay in Antarctica for however long they are? Like, oh. I don't know, a pound of weed? So, could you imagine being there for a year? <laughs> wow. Oh, is it, they're there for a year? Oh, he needs more than a pound. Well, think about it. They're, they know for a fact that they're not leaving the entire winter. Because they say something, the first goddamn week of winter, Max says. And um, obviously they're there for the winter because it's an Arctic expedition. So they're not leaving once it begins. Because remember, it's a big deal just to fly a few miles because the weather's so shitty. So if they're there for five months of winter, you know, you have to imagine that they're at least there half a year. So, you know, I said a year, but the one thing they got going for them is that they're flying their own choppers. So I guess you can put weed under the seat or in the back. I mean, so, there's no customs for, for in the air, is there? At least even back then. How are you going to do it? Put it in his ass. <laughs> Nowadays, they probably would have Sneak to. it in. Thousands of years ago, it crashes, and this thing gets thrown out or crawls out, and it ends up freezing in the ice. I just cannot believe any of this voodoo bullshit. Charles, happens all the time, man. They're falling out of the skies like flies. Government knows all about it, right, Mac? You believe any of this voodoo bullshit, Blair? Child? Child? Chariots of the gods, man. They practically own South America. So, yeah, okay, the environment plays a huge factor in this movie. But I thought it was, and it's great, you know, the it's very isolating. It just helps the paranoia of the film. It's, it's awesome. You know, the average annual temperature ranges from fucking 10, minus 10 degrees to minus 60. What the fuck? I don't know how Santa does it. (laughs) How does he do it? How does he? Oh, speaking of (laughs) speaking of that, Donald Pleasance was the original person chosen to play the part of Blair. 
<gasps> I, you know, I was going to say, that's what this movie was missing, Donald Pleasance. It was supposed to be him, and he was tied up in another something or other, but that was the intent of Carpenter when they were getting this movie. Granted, Brimley ends up doing a great job. He nails it. I couldn't imagine the movie without him, but I can imagine the movie with Donald Pleasance. I'm thinking, I think it's hysterical, especially like when he's flipping out. Nobody! You guys think I'm crazy? Well, that's fine. Most of you don't know what's going on around here. Hold on, damn well. Sure, some of you do. Christ. Could you imagine? He's like fucking, nobody, nobody's getting in out of here. Nobody, you know, fucking. Oh, that would have been voice. awesome. Yeah, that thing wanted to be us. I'll kill you. Oh, could you imagine? Or whenever they lock him up later in the movie, or right after that, and then <laughs> later in the movie they go to visit him, and he's begging to like, "You gotta let me out of here! You gotta let me out of here!" And there's like a noose right next to him, like, like Get he's been my out- ass away from here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay now. I can see him doing it. Oh man, yeah, you're right. That would have been good. Blair, have you seen Fuchs? I don't want to stay out here anymore. I want to come back inside. Funny things. I hear funny things yeah. out here. Have you come across Fuchs? It ain't Fuchs. It ain't Fuchs. I'm not going to harm anybody, and there's nothing wrong with me. And if there was, I'm all better now. I'd like to come back inside. Now, you got my promise. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, man. I want to come back inside. Don't you understand it? I'm all right. I'm much better. And I won't harm anybody. You gotta let me come back inside. It was great. And then then, then he's like, when they first bring him back there, he's like, fucking, watch Clark. I I could see him fucking doing that, you know? And watch him closely. Yeah. He's not human. (laughs) You guys think I'm crazy. You know? Shoot him seven times. (laughs) Not six, seven. I torched him seven times. (laughs) How come when these things were torched, they still had, like, the red skin on them instead of being crisp? Matt, you're a, a cook. What happens when you uh, <laughs> sear something? When I cook alien meat, which <laughs> happens a lot, um, I, I think all that plays into the fact that it's not really dead. It just goes in kind of a dormant stage. Right. I think that's that has that's what that is. They, they weren't charred enough because later on we discover... Even his gums still... are charred. <laughs> <laughs> they say that there was still cellular activity in the burned remains. They discovered that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and even when they do the blood tests, uh, when they finally get around to McCready's blood test, he puts the needle, hot needle, in the infected blood, and it freaks out. And then you see the blood on the floor trying to escape by itself. Oh, so cool. I thought that was crazy awesome because that's what that's what's truly frightening is that it lives inside every single cell of this being. And so, yeah, that's crazy. It's like, what's to stop it? But what happens to your cells, though? It imitates you, but what happens to you? Where do you go? You become a part of it. Well, it doesn't doesn't get times by twice. Like, you're not twice as big. It Hmm. It takes over you, yet there's still a little bit of you left because you see later on, 
other scenes, like even at the very end of the movie, you see remnants of that dog still. You see a dog head when the thing shows itself at the end in the final fucking showdown. And then other times when you see Harris or Harris, when you see Norris getting fucking that part when the guy gets the doc gets his arms, you know, chewed off and the fucking thing comes up, the thing comes out of its stomach and it has the face of of the other guy, um, Bennings or whoever it was. So it's like it, it it still stays in there. Part of it still stays there, but yet the thing takes it over. So it's like it takes all these things and it all becomes one. And it, it just seems like it can show any form at once. It's just made up of all these parts. Somebody in this camp ain't what he appears to be. Right now, that may be one or two of us. By spring, it could be all of us. So how do we know who's human? If I was an imitation, a perfect imitation, how would you know if it was really me? Isn't it crazy that this alien went... I mean, it, show, it has a shot at the beginning of the spaceship crashing on Earth. And it is flying kind of erratic, so clearly he crashes. But isn't it weird that it's just one alien inside this gigantic spaceship? Who fucking knows? They're aliens. You don't even know what they're up to. <laughs> you know? Some guy's just fucking cruising. Maybe he was part of a convoy and he got fucking, you know, got fucking... Got maybe lost. He had a, yeah, maybe he got high or something. He's or something. blazing up like the <laughs> alien and Meatballs 2. And then... <laughs> Me, Ted. And then yeah. Will Smith comes in and says, Welcome to Earth. Punches him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. What about Roswell? It's just one. Didn't just one alien crash in Roswell? Same thing. That's where they got it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There you go. But something weird about the beginning. Not weird. I think it's pretty amazing. When this movie starts, which is amazing, the opening and the fucking the first thing you see is the planet Earth and this spaceship fly by. If you didn't know anything about this movie and someone just put that in, said, "Watch this movie." It's not at all what the movie's about. You know, you see, but the funny thing is, it's everything that the movie's about at the same time. It's just, you think you're seeing some type of space movie. You know what I mean? It is weird. I don't feel like it's absolutely needed at all. I love it. Really? I think it's so cool because of that. Well, I don't think, yeah, I like it. But at the same time, from a storytelling perspective, you could have just started with the helicopter chasing the dog. You would have picked up on everything else. So, but mean, you gotta have space, Matt. You know how when you see the the, the letters for the thing come in and how mm-hmm. fucking dramatic it is. It's better off having the background be black space and stars than yeah. than the white snow. I think. And Predator ripped this off. <laughs> yeah. Anything he, crashing to Earth is a has the exact same opening. <laughs> Does it? That's how Predator begins. With pretty the, much, yeah. The yeah. Just in so case long. you guys didn't know, this is an alien from outer space. Okay. <laughs> And then John Carpenter's The Thing. That is pretty cool. I love the whole font of that and the way it kind of melts away. It's very cool. Yeah, what about how how advanced their computers were, man? <laughs> yeah, they could play chess. <laughs> like the, the one program where he was showing how it goes into the cell and takes over the cell and copies. Oh, yeah. Like Atari 2600. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aren't you scientists? <laughs> what the fuck? How do you learn anything from looking at that? I had better shit in 1982. You learned how to play Zaxxon. That's about it. <laughs> Zaxxon. Zaxxon, yeah. Fucking Tommy Jarvis. Fucking nice. bypass patch cord. 
it's com- it's computer fucking exposition. And I guess it's good yeah. that they showed it. it w- it's so much better that we're discovering it along with him as kind of far-fetched as a program like that probably would be because it's, it's spelling everything out for the viewer. We're seeing it along with him. It's cool that way. Otherwise, he would just be doing research and say, oh, by the way, there's a 75% probability that one of us is infected. And if it happens to get into, uh, you know, outside of here, it'll take 27,000 hours and the whole Earth's going to be taken over. Hmm. You know, it's better off that we, you know, witness it along with Blair as he's watching it on his computer. It's amazing. Yeah. And it's also amazing that this thing, unfortunately to its, you know, for him or it, lands at a place with no birds like couldn't it like start taking over birds and then just spread that way but nope well it crashed it never would have been taking anything the only reason yeah. it's, it's resurfaced is because the Norwegians went down there and fucking stuck their noses in they said it was down there for a hundred thousand years fucking Norwegians yeah, yeah. And, and like Keith David's like how'd this motherfucker wake up after hundreds of thousands of years on the ice now how's this motherfucker wake up after thousands of years on the ice <laughs> Yeah. That's, you believe this voodoo bullshit, he says? <laughs> Dude. <Voodoo. laughs> How the fuck are aliens voodoo? <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. He's great. He's just yeah. another example of how the characters, or the actors, are fucking phenomenal across the board in this movie. I know we talked about how Donald Pleasance would be great in it, but Wilford Brimley... Oh, when he's... he starts smashing everything so they can't leave, that's it's awesome. Great. It's great, it yeah. Yeah, he's. I kept expecting him when he's saying like, "No one can leave," to be like, uh, "Without a warm bowl of oatmeal, <laughs> you need breakfast." Watch, Clark. What? I said, "Watch, Clark," and watch him close. Do you hear me? <clears throat> what about the aspect? You know, it started off as the, as the werewolf, and then it had to start. It copied the humans. And the guy said that the reason it was copying humans is because it has to copy humans so it has the ability to leave. Because a dog yeah. could never run out of there and just run to civilization. You have to it has to be a human so it could it could fly out or something like that. So that's pretty interesting how it even has a exit strategy. Well, the right. thing is obviously smart. It's, I mean, like yeah. th- that's what I was trying to get at. Is like it, you know, it's an advanced society seemingly so it's clearly intelligent yeah so it knows it needs to play the field so to speak so, so it can get out of there mm-hmm. it just hopped it, there happened to be the dogs there with the with the swedes or part of me i'm, I'm just like what's his name man <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is something yeah he keeps calling shit yeah yeah he keeps calling them swedes and fucking doc keeps correcting them the norwegians mac yeah which is something great about this movie just little things like that and and you know some guys don't get along with each other obviously mac and fucking um uh uh, what's his name uh miles whatever keith david's character child's child's and then yeah obviously those child yeah (laughs) they don't get along and then you have a little beef with fucking windows and palmer and that's like true to life it's like underneath the surface if you did get 12 guys together there would be a couple little situations with guys that with a couple guys with big egos, you know, like, like Mac and, and, and fucking Childs. It's it's so true to life that there's like things underlying in their relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. And with twelve dudes, that would happen. Yeah, now, balls filling with jizz. Oh, oh, forget about it. My God. Now, if it was twelve women, uh, 
Jesus. I, I, they wouldn't have survived, and they wouldn't even needed the thing to be there to fuck them. They would have, <laughs> they would have all ripped each other's eyes out after yeah, two they, weeks. <laughs> two weeks. They wouldn't Jeez. needed the thing. Right. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's really funny, though, about that Blair, and it always makes me laugh, is fucking when Blair is flipping out, and they're all, they all get there, and one of the guys says, he just chopped up the rest of the dogs. <laughs> and then you see fucking... <laughs> um, Clark, he gets nervous and he runs away. <laughs> this guy, he is obsessed with these fucking dogs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Loves them. Why would he have such major issues going on right now? And he's worried. He's just been told the dogs are dead. He really had to run off that <laughs> see it with his own eyes. <laughs> I laugh every fucking time. He's more connected with those dogs than he is anybody else. He is. <laughs> and as a matter of fact, the guy that plays him, he was talking in the documentary about him when he was talking to Carpenter. And he goes, well, you know, he was going over what party would like to play. And he goes, I want to be him. And he's like, why do you choose him? And he's like, I just like the idea that he's more connected to the dogs and he's kind of a loner. I think that'd be an interesting character to play. And you know, that dog was half wolf and half dog. See, that's what I said. You guys are laughing. Werewolf. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up, though, that he was a half a wolf. And the, the guy was talking about it, Clark, because he had to work with him the most. And the guy that was like the trainer of him said, he goes, just be careful. He goes, occasionally he's going to give you a certain look. And when he gives you that look, it means he's nervous. Just fucking chill out because the wolf in him at that moment is, you know, just, it's it's confused and it's not sure how it's gonna. Re- you're not never sure how it's gonna react. So he just gotta wolf kinda, out. Yeah, he's gonna wolf out. He gonna do wolf up? Is that what he <laughs> says? In he's gonna fight. He's gonna find that guy's weed. <laughs> <laughs> Older brother always keeps a stash. Yeah. And Styles, no, he's got the stash of weed. It's fine. What are you looking at, Dick Nose? Uh, <laughs> my God, what was happening to him? If it had more time to finish, it would have looked and sounded and acted just like Benny's. I don't know what you're saying. That was one of those things out there, trying to imitate him, Gary. Come on. McCready, I know Benny's. I've known him for ten years. He's my friend. We've got to burn the rest of them. Yeah, Kurt Russell, we talked about him a little bit, but and his performance but i just thought he was great not just oh. h- h- the way he acted Man. but his whole character and how he was written was perfect because even though he's the lead clearly in this movie and i guess ultimately the hero he it's not played or written like that at all he's a guy who just wants to fucking play chess and drink i'm tired of talking fix i just want to get up to my shack and get drunk all this shit is going on around him and he's dealing with that and he's not like he's a reluctant hero. I guess that's what it is. And and Kurt Russell performing that just worked perfectly. I loved it. Hey, what about the guy who killed himself by setting himself on fire? That's a crazy oh, way to do it, man. Yeah. Fuchs, yeah. And we didn't see that. We just found the aftermath and the glasses, right? So they were Yeah, I I just figured it out. Yeah. They right. they were speculating as to because they were also thinking that, well, maybe the thing took him over and then charred himself. So that that brings up a question like, when the thing takes you over, is are there remains? Or does it just absorb you? Kind of like what Alex was talking about. Right. Well, I, I answered it earlier with what's his name? What? The, the situation with Norris. How it was already inside him, and he and, oh, and yeah, the human yeah, yeah. part of him knew that something was up. But 
See, it's, I guess it depends on how much time it has to get in your system and how it gets in the system. Mm-hmm. Like with the dogs, you see it immediately. And later on, the situation after the blood test scene with fucking Palmer and Window, when fucking one's eating the other out of his fucking head. And Dude. Instantaneous. Amazing. That oh is the God. best effects I've seen ever. Oh, that was I the think. funniest thing. It was so when he had that awesome. Puppet on the guy, and he was swinging around. You see the the, oh. the puppet's body was just flailing. It's like a yeah, <laughs> it's like a man on top and a man on bottom, and they're so connected funny. by the head. That I love that. That was so I, great. I love how the thing jumps out of the fucking the, the blood thing at first, and every time I see it, I know it's coming, and I almost always still jump at that scene. This is pure nonsense. Doesn't prove a thing. I thought you'd feel that way, Gary. You were the only one that could have got to that blood. We'll do you last. It just happens so quick. You know it's mm-hmm. coming, and it's just and the way it comes out and the noise it makes, it's fucking so cool. Yeah, because and because you're not suspecting it to happen at that moment, because they're talking about, oh, we're gonna do you next, and that's the I forget who it is, but that's the guy who you think it's going to be. And it turns out not to be. So yeah, it's very that's a good that's like the only moment where I really felt tension and true suspense, I guess. Like there's it, yeah, the whole movie true. is surrounded by paranoia and these guys freaking out. Mm-hmm. But as far as like me feeling suspense in a scene, that was the only one and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, it's a classic fucking scene in, in horror history, straight up. It's amazing. And and, and then the uh, I love L O V love the comic relief. Uh, whenever, whenever they figure out that who's all everybody's human, and uh, the one guy's like, "I want to get off this fucking couch" or something like that. If you guys could just goes, please find I, I, time, yeah, so I don't have to spend the rest of my life on this fucking couch, <laughs> yeah. tied to this fucking couch. Yeah, I know you gentlemen have been through a lot, and when you find the time. I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. And before that, Keith David's like, "Okay, get me out of here. Get me the fuck out of here." Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, Mahoney. Can you do that line? Say about the fucking couch. Go ahead. Tied to this fucking couch. (laughs) I knew it'd sound great. (laughs) Mahoney. Okay, how about this? How about the fact that we have a character named Mac and a character named Windows in the same movie? Holy years. shit. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, that years is before hilarious. The, the computer yeah. wars. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder why this guy why is his name Windows? Am I missing something? Because of his glasses. Yes. Is that it? Oh okay. that's what I always thought. Alright. That's not as good. And he's the guy oh, who gets he, he's transparent, he has no soul. What do you want? <laughs> what the fuck do you want? God damn it. <laughs> I call him Jeff or Joe. Jeff. You know that in in the TV cut, they um they actually put in all these additional scenes where they introduced all the characters at one point, like before like TV style. Like they look at the camera and smile, and their name pops up, <laughs> like at the beginning of Nine Two One Zero. Kurt Russell as McCready. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Child. 
no, they that, some type of exposition, some small thing where they were each introduced. So you hear their name and maybe a tad bit of backstory before the movie started. What? And that... Carpenter hated it, of course. He says, no, this is not what I want. And it was never seen again. But apparently it, it, it was actually put on film at one point. Oh, okay. So this isn't like a bonus feature on any kind of release or anything, huh? No. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe they destroyed all the fucking... There was a bunch of scenes that were, that were filmed and are they're nowhere to be found. So I don't <sighs> know what happened or if, if Carpenter did it that way with intent. So, Dave, I, I just got to know, is there any missing footage? No, there's not. Fuck! God damn it. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> Jesus, not even on the Blu-ray or nothing. Um, nothing, no, that's unfortunate. There's a great documentary called fucking uh, Terror Take Shape, which you can find on YouTube. Or on the um, the original DVD release, but it is not on the fucking Blu-ray. Hmm. Why? I don't know. And there's a great commentary with Carpenter and Russell on, I think, just about every version of the thing since since the DVD came out. So uh, One thing that struck me, the, one of the similar, um, I guess, stylistically or thematically, too, um, is this movie took a little bit from the... Is it the late 70s version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Oh, uh, I thought you might bring that up. Yeah, it, 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 a lot in the sound effects, the music, just the, the style of how, you know, it, it takes over a human being and stuff like that. Anytime uh, the, the tendrils come out of the thing and it makes a, you know, kind of sound and stuff like that, it takes me right back to that uh, version of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is a... Uh, uh, underrated film, in my opinion. Yo, do that noise again. Yeah, that, that reminds me of another movie. Who did that? There was a villain that did that in a movie. Like, uh, yeah, Silence of the Lambs. Thank you. I'd like to yes. eat his liver with Thank some fava you. beans <laughs> and a nice yes. glass of Chianti. Pretty good. Wow. So, so the thing reminds you of Hannibal Lecter. It always reminded me more of a rattlesnake sound, like a. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always picture rattlesnakes because, and you see the fucking the tentacles moving around, so it always reminded me of snakes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's scary. But I thought you were gonna say, like, when they open their mouth really wide and make that noise. Yes, that too. Like when they fry the first guy, which is scary to me. That yeah, is. when he's out there in the snow, you know, yeah. on his knees, and you mm-hmm. see his fucked up hands, and it's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck? And he doesn't say anything. He just has like this blank look, and then he opens his mouth and starts that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's straight out of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was the best. The Grudge. It, to me. <laughs> that actually scares me. That's the only scene in the movie that that makes me a little bit scared. Every time Eat your I heart see... out, Michael J. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> that bending scene, but it, it's so awesome, and it's replicated because we initially see it with the dogs. When the dog does its thing in in the kennel scene in the beginning, the dog opens his mouth and, and lets out like a high pitched shriek, which is kind of scary. But it's you know it's not the same because it's coming from a dog. Well, later mm-hmm. on, it's coming from a human, and it's more it weighs heavier. I think it's cool every time they do it. It's fucking, it's, it, it is scary. It, it's kind of, like you said, it was kind of done in Body Snatchers, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's more effective in, in this. So I can't shit on it. 
We shit um, on midgets. Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them. Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Wazer will be right back. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest and priestess of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest and worst devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss kiss the the goats. It's a hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. Hey guys, this is Jackson. I saw your post on Facebook about calling in uh, for a last minute drop on the thing while you're in post. I had to call because this is probably my favorite movie. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely my favorite John Carpenter movie, although there's others that are up there. My favorite remake and my favorite horror film ever. I mean, it's got everything. It's got Harry Kurt Russell. You know, the acting is awesome. Basically, just a bunch of guys in a confined space talking to each other. Uh, and uh, if you take out all the blood and gore, you have Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. And uh, the soundtrack is awesome. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross minus like a head with legs and, you know, two eyes spreading out of it walking around. I love those kind of movies. Uh, the soundtrack is awesome, more Coney, even uh, Carpenter's little synth that he puts in there to make it sound like a Carpenter movie. It's got endless rewatchability. The movie is awesome. Peel it back. I love the thing. Peel it back. I love the thing. Peel it back. I love the thing. Peel it back. Back to the guy who has the heart attack and and they're trying to revive him and all that. Now, obviously, he's already turned when he has the heart attack, right? So, I would think that this thing would be... It, it's so weird, because, like, he's the thing, right? Couldn't it just, I don't know, make him a new heart or something that that wouldn't, you know, fail on him? Wouldn't it know that something is wrong? And it wasn't that advanced of, yet. It wasn't yeah. that advanced yet, and it kind of did like um, it laid dormant. Maybe it was the one that killed itself because it thought it was going to be discovered because it knew it was outnumbered. Hmm. Just like in that great speech later, which is a, a another shiny moment of the film where where Max says, "I know I'm human, and I know all, most of you are. Otherwise, you'd be attacking me." Yeah. He talks about this whole theory about the thing. Well, it's not a theory. It, it, you know, it's fact, but. At that time, that's what I get out of it. It would have been outnumbered. It couldn't show itself because they had flames and all that hell was breaking loose and everybody was on edge. The one guy grabbed the fucking gun, windows, you know? So all this shit was going on. I think that maybe the thing shut itself down in Hmm. in that case. It just kind of like, well, I'm going to fucking drop dead and then I can really take him by surprise. Oh, okay. I got you. All right. So it was a tactic. I see. Yeah. Why not? Because, uh, number one, it was invading him slowly, in my opinion, as I've mentioned a few times already. Why not Why not that ha- have that be it? That it was just, you know, it shut itself down because it was threatened and it knew it couldn't do anything. And sure enough, I mean, the tactic worked. Fuck. Because mm-hmm. all hell broke loose and he took out, what, a couple people with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Too. Now, th- so this movie is amazing. I wouldn't change anything about it. I, absolutely nothing. But... You know, I was kind of hinting at it earlier when 
I was asking a question like, could you be a thing and not know it? It and I just I think the ultimate answer is it's not like a filmable kind of uh, story. But wouldn't it be more uh, terrifying if the story was just about uh, I personally think I'm a human. I don't know if I'm transforming. I don't know if I'm me. You know, kind of like it goes back to the clown thing of a guy slowly turning into something and having no control over it. That to me is just more terrifying than running away from a creature. But I don't know. So maybe well, that's it, what is happening with the guy. I'll say it again now. That's what's going on with him. Yeah, but something I, doesn't feel right with him. That's why he says, I, I don't feel I'm up to it. You know what I mean? He's yeah, but it's just more sense. subtle. You know, it's not, yeah, you can't really express that internal fear that much in a movie. You know what I mean? So it's got to be a creature on the outside, which is fine. You yeah. know, it's just. Yeah, it's, there's no time in this movie. It's all about fucking. This thing wants to just kick ass and fucking go after everything it can, and you know, let's see it because it's all about the, the you know, them being sheltered and, and the special effects. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's all atmosphere and effects. It's not all. I shouldn't say that. It's so much better than that. But those are are two of its you know real strong points. I read maybe it was some IMDb trivia or maybe some other website, but I read that this movie was first supposed to be helmed by Toby Hooper. Yeah, it was. That's, I I mean, I think I would have liked that still, but I don't know. I don't Hmm. think I would like it. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a Toby Hooper fucking style of movie to me. Yeah, I mean, Funhouse was kind of boring. (laughs) Oh, Funhouse is a chore to get through in the third Uh, act, man. I'll give you that. (laughs) Third act was chock tough, but... I'm not opposed to Toby Hooper, but not in this type of a movie. This yeah. is too... Well, Toby Hooper should have stayed out of this one. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not his territory. He could have never put the hands going through, into the guy's face like this movie did. <laughs> it looked like the stretchy balloon thing. Yeah, that, that was, was weird. Awesome. Yeah. So are we going to talk about the uh, the big ending well, that do is it. very subtle? Got to talk about it, right? You the only one who made it? Not the only one. Did you kill it? Where were you, Charles? Thought I saw Blair. I went out after him. Got lost in the storm. <laughs> Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long, though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we should. If you're worried about me... If we've got any surprises for each other... I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Right? Is like, is that definitive, or is that just, is that just like it's place? This thing was shot in two different places. To like, me, it's 
it's it's the whole thing like Blade Blade Runner, and how at the end of it, it's like, well, is Harrison Ford a replicant? You know, and it's like the filmmakers say, oh yeah, there's a there's a definitive answer, but it's just a a thing. Um, uh, being pushed forward by fans, you know. No, great... dude, it's obvious. I was watching again. No. And it's so clear. You talking I'm about? I'm gonna spoil it after you guys are done. I, yeah. I see. I don't think. I I think the obvious answer is just a movie flub. Really? You're you're gonna say that the breath thing? Yeah. Is why? Yeah, because McCready, you can see his his breath, and and uh, Childs, you can't see his breath, which is cool. But I think it. You know, you don't. They probably filmed them at two, you know, you have yeah, one but, set up and then another set up. But the thing is, it's so apparent. Like, uh, Kurt Russell's just breathing and the shit's just flowing from his face. How could how could Carpenter not pick up on that? Like, well, how could, I, I mean, I never picked up on it until very, very recently, like in the past three years when yeah, somebody the, told me that. But they're all into the shot and how it looks. I didn't know it either. Yeah, but they they think differently than we do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, check it out. I can spoil it for you. I know the answers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, we have John Carpenter himself. He's back. Finally. (laughs) Real deal. So tell us, John. Fresh from the hospital. (laughs) Check it out, though. More than once... There's two parts to the story. But more than once, John Carpenter and Kurt Russell have both stated that they don't know the ending, that it was left that way intentionally, and there is no fucking correct answer. Now, that's their answer on it publicly. Thank now, you. Now, hold on. Yeah. Go, yeah. Now, check it out. Justifies my answer. When they first filmed the movie, they shot an alternate ending that they brought to the fucking test audiences or to whoever, just in case to see how, how this was going to play out. And in the other ending, they were going to have it that Kurt Russell, that Mac, actually survived it. And at the end, he was going to be picked up and rescued via helicopter and by some other people. And they were going to find him, and they were going to take him, and he was the lone survivor. And then, now that's where it loses me. Either either he was the thing, and when it got back to something, something was going to happen. Or I think, honestly, they were making it play out that he was the hero. But I don't know. But the bottom line was there was a separate scene where he was picked up and taken away and they ended up not putting it in the final film because apparently everyone um was satisfied with the way the movie ended the way it was so so nothing was done with any intent no no wait a minute wait a minute let's let's do what max says i mean uh he wasted norris pretty quick didn't he that's close enough clark he ain't tying me up then i'll have to kill you child then kill me I mean it. I guess you do. Funny you should mention Blade Runner. This movie came out at the same time as Blade Runner. They both took a fucking shit and were critically slammed at the box office. And then both years later... Huge. Got fucking huge momentum and ended up being fucking huge successes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this both is Char- have similar themes. Yes, they do. And this is Carpenter's favorite film of his own. He was so disappointed with the fucking... Um, the result, and some of it they they blamed on ET coming out a few weeks earlier. How they wanted, you know, at the time it was about friendly aliens, so people didn't want to see this. I don't know, but what disappointed him the most was that the fucking guy that did the original fucking shit on it because yeah. it's all about the effects and gore and stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, or more, uh, more so. Yeah, Christian Nyby, his name was. He was the original director of the, the, of the first thing. He said that fucking... He made, he made it interesting. He sucked. <laughs> he, he was bitching about the blood and shit. He goes, if I want to see blood, he goes, go to a slaughterhouse. And then he says, this is a great fucking, uh, a great advertisement for fucking uh, J&B or some shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> McCready's drinking harder than Dan Chalice up in this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Well, fuck that guy. I mean, it's, that's just I a generational that. thing. Yeah. Yes, it is. Exactly. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to make it bloody, and they fucking Look did. at those Beatles, those long-haired hippies. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's who the fuck that was, you little bitch. <laughs> and no one's getting out, bitch. <laughs> Did you reach anybody yet? reach anybody we're a thousand miles from nowhere man and it's gonna get a hell of a lot worse before it gets any better well stick to it window stick to it you see when a man bleeds it's just tissue my blood from one of you things won't obey when it's attacked it'll try and survive so let's figure out who's who i guess we can't really give away any awards really because I mean, what do you guys think? Best kill? I mean, how do you do that? How oh, about we say... Sure. Why not? You can't? Okay. There are all right. kills. There's kills well, the throughout best... the movie. Go yeah, they all get torched. I know what you mean, but how about the best alien scenes? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that instead, right? Right. Okay. I guess, bottom line, the award is still the same. Can you still call it a banana split? Or what else are you going to call it? Right. Well, let's start with let's start with the banana you'd like to peel. Now I'm gonna fuck Childs. I mean, <laughs> Keith David, David Keith, whatever his name is, I'm fucking him. I think right. he probably had the biggest ass, so maybe. Biggest I'm gonna ass, I'm gonna Jesus. fuck McGreevy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna dude. fuck the computer. <laughs> yeah, probably there's porn on there at least, right? Yeah, Cheap Jesus, bitch. and it's filled with booze now. Yeah. <laughs> That's something uh-huh. I would have done back in the day. Fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck he, it. He has a lot of foresight, right? Right. A lot of foreskin, too. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, all right, so Banana Split, best kill slash alien scene. I'll go first. Mine, I went back and forth because I love, and we didn't even talk about it, but the, the spider head scene. Thank where <laughs> it, it's trying to get away and, from it's, the flames. It's and not stuff. trying that hard. Um, yeah, it could go a little faster. It but moved. That, it looked like it was getting away. Then it just sort of stopped in the hallway to look at. Hey, you guys, notice me? I'm leaving. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> check these eyeballs out. They're crazy. Uh, but I have to go with the inverted man on man <laughs> uh, effect where where Windows is. Be- is it Windows? Yeah, he's his feet are on the ceiling. That whole scene is is just very kinetic, and that's just a crazy fucking effect that it's just amazing it's like something you'd see in a dream you know two guys sharing the same head at one point you know it's just it's really unique and cool so i go with that one well you kind of stole my thunder in the beginning but then you didn't go with it so i oh sorry no but you didn't go with it but you mentioned it i mean that scene with fucking norris that entire scene the way it played out first of all it's a sequence First, the fucking stomach closes and bites fucking the dog's arms off. Then all that stuff comes out. Then with the head, that's all that shit. The other head comes out of his stomach and then his head detach- detaches. There's a story about me in this fucking thing. 
Now, I don't know if this happened before that epic night that I saw Friday Part 3 and became an unofficial horror fan or after, but I saw this scene on HBO. I just happened to be flipping channels and I came across it one day and I just happened to see that scene and the head detaches and how fucking badass is it? Goes down, hits the ground. First, the fucking antennas come up. Then the legs come up and a fucking spider type upside down the head thing and scampers away. And I remember watching this as a kid and just be... I, it blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh my God, what is this? You know, And I felt just like the fucking, what's his name? You go, you gotta be fucking kidding. You gotta be fucking kidding. <laughs> I felt just like that. I, was, I never saw anything like that in my life. I mean, there isn't very many movies like this as is. So way back then, it fucking blew my mind. And to this day, it still does. I think that's just an incredible scene. So that's what it's all about for me. I guess I'll mix it up and I'll go with the defibrillator scene when he puts his uh, goes to shock him and his stomach opens up and turns to teeth. I guess that's the same and, thing I'm talking about. That's yeah. the same scene. Oh, it's, it's one whole. That's the sequence. First, that's his the stomach guys does one thing and then his head doesn't. Oh, move. hey, haven't you been listening to me at all, dude? I'm just cough medicine again. I hey, guys, you. guys, guys, quit arguing. Oh, okay, okay? Oh, that's fine. I like it. it. Looks better on cough medicine. That's okay, buddy. It's worth it. Go ahead. Yeah. My, my mind slipped. You know, as you were talking, all I was doing was picturing the scene with his head. So I kind of zoned out of what you were saying. And oh. I, I didn't realize that before that was the uh, defibrillator. Um, okay, I'll, I'll go with another one then. Let's see. When the guy was just going, <laughs> with the hands. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, honestly. Diplomatic. <laughs> honestly, that was, um, obviously wasn't as grand as the other stuff. But to me, that was really creepy like something's insanely creepy about something like that and because it's like he's there but he's not behind those eyes and the way he's just looking at everybody and his hands you could just tell he's fucked up like he's he's just fucked up and that's so creepy and the sound he was making it's it's actually perfect so i would actually take that subtle moment as my favorite probably wow so it is actually a real answer Hmm. Nice, good. Uh, nobody mentioned the dog thing. The, that's the, the dog sequence is my second favorite thing. I think that whole scene in in the fucking cage is incredible. With the fucking when it first comes in there and they and the way they, they discover it and you know the guy's like, "What's going on? I don't know, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is." <laughs> and you know the dog it, it splits open and then you see this fucking like I mentioned before those hissing tentacles and then it this that whole scene was incredible. How about those dogs, how they were bugging the fuck out and that one dog was like biting the cage and shit? Oh, yeah. That's, that's fucking deep shit, man. Just think about that. If that really was a dog, that was its reaction, that it was that fucked up. There's one and thing I don't understand, though. Whose dirty underwear was that that they found? Oh, my gosh. I was, that was, I was, I wrote that right here. It's circled. That was my next question. Yes. Oh, what you disrespectful man been tossing his dirty drawers in the kitchen trash can? Huh? But now I want my kitchen clean, all right? Germ free. I don't know. To this day, Matt, enlighten us, please. I think that is something that they threw in knowing that it wouldn't be answered because that just helps create the paranoia of who's who in the movie. So it's I, like I, McCready's torn clothes, which is never really explained. Yeah, that's never really explained. I think that um, the, the shit found in the trash is never really explained. So I think it's on purpose. I could buy that. It's just weird, though. He goes, which one of you nasty motherfuckers is putting his dirty drawers in my fucking, you know, in my kitchen 
garbage. They're just fucked up. Why Why would they be dirty? Why Why did somebody shit themselves? <laughs> That's what I don't do. uh, Have you seen what's going on in this yeah, movie? Yeah, frightening scenario. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah, maybe the first guy that got taken over by the thing, which it could only have been him. Maybe he did shit himself. Okay. I could buy that. Now, how mm-hmm. about I have a question here. Maybe you guys can help me. Blair's shack. When they go back to Blair's shack later on in the movie, and he's gone when they're going to give him the blood test, how did that happen? So you mean to tell me that this old man lifted up the floorboards, dug fucking tunnels underground, like Jason in the remake, and fucking somehow got outside and got to some helicopter parts and was building himself a fucking saucer? That's the one thing I don't get about this movie. He was an alien at that point. He probably has superhuman strength or something. Oh, so wait a minute. So you think he was an alien before they even put him in the thing when he was flipping out with the axe and all that shit? Or do you uh, think the alien it's, got to him outside? No, I think once they go back out there and he's pleading to come back in, that's when I thought, okay, he wants to get back inside now. I think somehow he is now overtaken. Whether it happened slowly, eternally, or if somebody went out there and did it. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking the wizard strikes again. That's how about that? No, it's great. We all sit here again and fucking post questions and someone else can answer them. Yeah, I can buy that. Okay. Okay. Could, that's all we, that's, uh, we all have questions and I think they've all been answered. So, wow, this makes a, a, a perfect movie even more perfect in my eyes. So. Perfect. Well, let's make it official and give final thoughts and ratings. Um, I will go first. Uh, and I will just say my final thoughts, uh, the same as Jason Bazaar. Bazaar? B-I-Z-Z. However, I think it's B-A-Z-A. It is. It's all, I'm just... it's all A's. Anyway, okay, Bazaar is cool. I like it. It's also it? unusual. Everyone um, has it. <laughs> his name is really b- unusual. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he states in his email to us, which you guys can send us an email about anything at bananalazer at gmail.com. Anything. He says... The Thing just has great performances from top to bottom. This is the best acting you'll see in any Carpenter film. And probably better than any other genre film out there. It was a high-budget film for a horror movie, and this is where such a budget pays off. Professionally quality acting, screenwriting, set design, and holy special fucking effects. Five out of five. Thank you, Jason. Right on. And I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, uh, and I said it on on the Skeleton Crew when we had our top ten, and this was in my top ten. So obviously, I love the movie, and it's one of those movies. Something about it. I actually love to watch this movie by myself. It's just something about it where I sit down and I just indulge myself in the atmosphere of the movie, and just uh, it's one of those movies I just get sucked into, and. Um, I almost feel like I'm there with them. It, there's nothing bad I can say. V- very quotable, great characters, everything's relatable. Special effects are incredible. Music, cinematography, everything. To me, there's not one weakness on this film. And I'm blowing the thing, you know? I almost did the fucking Michael... Ah, see? <laughs> Thank you. I almost did the Michael J thing, and you did it. So, wow. We're hanging out with Michael J an awful lot. See what happens? He's rubbing off on us. But, yeah, um... It's obvious. Uh, I gotta say one more thing. Uh, that one se- that one part when he says, 
We're not getting out of here alive, but neither is that thing. That's a, that's a line that's always weighed heavy with me. I, I could just imagine being in that situation and just think about that. You know you're facing death. How often does that happen? It's just, I don't know, just that scene in the movie always hits me. I'm like, man, that's fucking deep. I mean, you know you're going to die, but you're still going to take this thing on. Think about how disappointed you are when a fucking a, a football team loses. Or a fucking something that you order <laughs> arrives and it's the wrong thing, and you lost a game, you know, or, or you lost a fucking order, or someone fucking. Or you don't get butter with your goddamn pancakes, or no syrup. Right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Think about how disappointed you are losing in that. Imagine you're losing your life. It doesn't get any deeper than that, and you're facing it head on. I'm not afraid to die as a person, or, or death, but to, to to have someone say right then and there, we're not getting out of here alive. You know, it's 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 always weight heavy with me. But anyway. I digress. Biff, I said two coats of wax, not just one. <laughs> Sorry, five, Mr. McFly. Five, five severed heads out of five. <laughs> five severed heads. The, the thing, <laughs> is, it's weird because I never had many people talk about it much when I was getting into horror, like back in our clad days, Dave. I never thought about it or gave any thought to it. Um, I saw... I saw more when, you know, it was on Halloween on the TV. I saw more of that than I did this movie. Like, I probably saw this movie for the first time about eight years ago. Then I saw it one more time about two years ago. And then I feel like I saw it twice in the last year, though. It's it's weird. It's like, it's perfect to me. But for some reason, I don't, I don't see it as like a favorite of mine. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I guess I have to watch it a few more times and alone because whenever I watch movies with people, I always wonder what they're thinking instead of just enjoying it. And uh, and Tiffany loves the movie. She saw it twice with me. She loves it both times. And she even she even said this guy's gonna turn into an alien, and I didn't even know that <laughs> this time around. So I don't know what's wrong with me. But I'm gonna uh, give this movie a, a couple more watches on my own in a few months. But uh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I couldn't complain about it really anything about it. it has a great atmosphere the isolation aspect is great the fact that it's a, it's it's almost impossible to actually escape from that area and the fact that it could be anybody i mean there's so many elements to this that just make it a i mean there's not a, a weak point i don't think of the whole movie i mean what's a weak point the even the effects are top notch the acting is top notch the casting is top notch i don't know there's really nothing wrong with the movie so I give it a uh, – uh, I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5 until I feel like it's one of my personal favorites. Fair. You know what? I, I'll meet you on that. Back in the days when we were on Clad, I, I seen it before. I remember – like I said, I remembered it when I was a kid and loving the special effects. And then it's just one of those movies that took a while for me to come around. And right. over the last 10 years, it's really – same thing with Cycle, actually. Certain movies just kind of snuck in there. And mm-hmm. as an adult, I find myself enjoying them much more and – I still enjoy Halloween more, but it might not. Nah, I can't say that. I was about to say it might eventually surpass Halloween with more views, but yeah, let's say, let's say what's, is this, what is Carpenter's best movie? Let's do that to wrap this up. Is it Halloween or is it the thing? Well, this is a $10 million budget <laughs> compared to 375 K. Like I said before, and money of course isn't everything Don Corleone, but I, I still, would rather watch Halloween on Halloween night. It still gives me certain feelings that no other movie does, so it's always going to be pedestaled. And I almost feel guilty because I love the thing so much, and I, how could you not look at that and see how, how quality it is? Um, so I guess if there's a difference between best and favorite, 
Um, yeah, okay, this we could do that. Best, well, if, the, if there is a difference, this is his best made film. However, my favorite is Halloween. And, okay. and, and, and if given the choice, right now I'm still sticking with Halloween. But, you know, it's one of those things. But, yeah, uh, that's the best answer I got right now. It's I'm weighing it out. It's a tough choice. They're both excellent movies. All right. Matt? I would say that <clears throat> it's really tight. And, but I would say that this is his best movie that he's made to date. And it's also my favorite. Wow. And, and now Halloween is like a millimeter behind it in both aspects as far as being his best work and my favorite movie. It's like, it's one of those things I feel like it could change with the weather. You know, it's like, ask me tomorrow, I'm going to say Halloween. But, uh, I don't know, I just always had a more of a connection to this movie than I did with Halloween. Uh, maybe it has to do with the effects. Uh, most likely that's it, I think. The effects, you know, just drew me in at a young age, so. Right. Yeah. Huh. I'm going to say, uh, this is clearly better than Halloween. Um, there's just so much to it. I mean, it's so... Halloween, it's the, but then you got to go with well, just because something's more complicated and 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 grandiose, is can simple be better at the same time? You know, think about it. In Halloween, you're just filming people walk up and down the street, and and in houses and stuff. Yeah, but that's never dull, and that's to attribute how good of a filmmaker he is. Exactly, but you know, it's not as ambitious, is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But it's the the craftsmanship in Halloween is so like the levels are just so high. I don't know how he just did it everything right, and the music just puts it over so much that it's just a phenomenon. Really, Halloween is really a phenomenon. Yeah. You know, something so simple being so incredible is really a rarity. Even though that's normally the way things work. With the more fundamental and simple they are, the the better people, the more the people usually like it, believe it or not. And the more complicated and hard to do, sometimes they don't like it. Favorite Halloween's definitely like, you know, my favorite over this. Obviously, I can't even, you know, it's not even in whatever in Halloween I probably saw 60 times. So I don't think that's going to change even if I do warm up to the thing. I just think it'll be in my top ten or something like that. But I don't think it's ever going to be, even though Halloween's not in my top ten. All right, so that uh, pretty much wraps up our discussion on John Crappender's The Thing. We didn't even say Lovecraft once. Wow. So there you go. And uh, so we will be right back to Wait. close out the show. This is so Lovecraftian. Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. Dave Z. What's up? They've done it before on their own. But this one's too big to handle alone. You know, man, you come to town, I know there's going to be trouble. Z, Wizard, Edwards, Banana Laser, the big three, together for the first time. Three the hard way, three cities, three of us. They do it their way. Potassium explodes all over the place when the 
Pig 3 join forces to save the Laser Nation. What's happening? Why? When the three of them get through with you. What makes you think the three of them will survive the next 24 hours? Z. Wizzell. Edwards. Together for the first time. Banana Laser. Seventy-two movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list, the video nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish and you can join me and my co-host Andy Blockley. Hello, hello. As we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the video nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about it, Andy. Okay, 1982, 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horror Delia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out. That wraps up the episode 44, and that wraps up our John Carpenter retrospective of uh, three films. I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a blast for me, personally. I'll speak for the other guys and say it was for them as well. Look out for us uh, in the future? (laughs) (laughs) Look out for episode 45. It's coming at you. It's going to be all porn, and we're switching it up. <laughs> finally, you know, Alex finally got his way. Ah, now I can start talking during the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before we get out of here, I want to say thanks to the lasers. Um, thanks to Jackson Garland for leaving a voicemail, and thanks to Mahoney! Thanks to Jason for sending us that email. Thanks to John Carpenter for calling in. Um, appreciate that. <laughs> And, Why are you saying uh, it like that, man? <laughs> <laughs> and until next time, hey, fuck you too. Thank you for listening to the Banana Laser Podcast. Please be sure to check out Horophilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Banana Laser Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com slash groups slash Banana Laser. That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842. Or send us an email at bananalazer at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. 
Again, thanks for listening, and keep on banana-ing-ing. Something like that. Laser wins every time. Hi, guys. This is Cosmic Creepers. <laughs> I watched Cloud. And guess what I thought? I loved it. Yeah, baby. It's better than Stitcher. See you later, guys. <laughs>